Thank you so much. Two Akdamas. First of all, I want to say to Rabbi Asher, to Rabbi Menachem, and to Rabbi Aranayach, these three tzaddikim that 50 shiurim ago started this Chabura to meet and to discuss in Yanim of Ruchnius, I want to say that you're incredible people. All of us, this is an Olam Anasayan, a beautiful world, but a world of challenges. And what you've done, when we faced as a people, both collectively and personally, the challenge of the illness of the pandemic, so many people try to survive. But that's not what we learned. We learned, when we left Mitzrayim, we came out, we came out wealthy. And the attitude of Yidin is when we go through challenges, we don't just survive, but we thrive. We come out better, having improved, having grown to the best of our capabilities. And what Rav Asher, Rav Menachem, and Rav Aranayach, what you, Chavra, have done, organizing this directly, this group, hundreds of people that come together weekly to talk about all different matters, about Inyana Yerushamayim, was given birth to in difficult times. And it's really a testament to your preciousness. This Chabur, it started out as a small group meeting during a difficult time to talk in Yanei Chizuk, and it exploded into hundreds of people learning, coming together to talk about important matters of Avodah Hashem in our lives. So I really want to thank you for doing this, for arranging for this Kiddush Shemayim. All of you should be benched for your efforts, and we should see the Chesed Hashem in good times and happy times, and we should have the Kayach and the Siyanis to rise and grow through difficult times. Amen. I want to as well thank the Friedler Mishpacha that's always thinking about other people. And in our Waterbury family are just such important people, always thinking about the next person. I want to thank them. I want to as well thank that amongst the Chevra gathered are a lot of guys that I'm Zaycha to learn with every single day. It's under Meir Amiri's phone, but I see the Chevra, Chaim Svi, Aryeh, Vinny, the whole crew, Aaron. And I want to say here is a shear on Chenoch, and it seems rather funny. I'm here together with my friends, Chaim Guri, Vigi Ben. It's Akbad I have that when we talk in Yane Chenoch, our children should be there. And I want to say why. It's very important to me. It would seem like tonight we should have had a special, we should have asked, Rav Asher is very good at this, we should have asked them to have a blockage, not let, like this is about chenuch, this is for the parents. But I have this quirk that the, that the children, our children have to be there. And I'll tell you why, because there are no tricks in chenuch. If it's quick fix tricks that we read some book and we figure out a trick in education, so then we wouldn't want the people we're educating to be there. But if it's ideals and values and kinyanim that we make that are impactful, so then the people that we're zaycha to learn with and grow with should absolutely be there. And I have a thing that I think it's important, conversations of chenach, the very people that we're learning with, that were charged to be mechanic, should hear it. So I ask if Dovi Ainorn, this precious Ventura, if he disagrees, he should jump in and express. But I would like to share together some ideas with the Chevra here. 
if I can start with the Gemara and Gittin and really start the conversation of Chenoch as follows. We'll speak for a long time tonight and we'll get chances for all of us to express Be'ez HaShem, to have a conversation. But I think the topic of Chenoch should start with the following Gemara. The Gemara says that Isi ben Yehuda said, Isi ben Yehuda, Yershus, there's Rebbeim here, the Rebbeim of mine here, Rav Weisburg, there are many others, Yershus, all the Chashuvim here. The Gemara in Gittin says that Isi ben Yehuda was counting the praises of the Chachamim. And he said about Rav Yehuda that he's smart when he wants to be. A Gemara of Samach Zayin in Gittin that Rav Yehuda is smart when he wants to be. And the question, Rabbi Yisai, is what type of praise is that? All of us have been to PTA, or at least the younger ones have been, their parents went to PTA about them. And it's not a very big praise. If the Rebbe or a teacher says that the youngster has potential, that's not a very big praise. Potential means that he could be so great, but he's not. It's saying what he's not, not what he is. And saying he's smart when he wants to be, what is that praise? Rabbi Yehuda is smart when, does he want to be smart? Usually, sometimes, what is he saying he's smart when he wants to be? Says the Maritzchios. He says as follows. When a person's in a state of bad midas, of bad character, for example, caste, anger, a person cannot access their wisdom. When a person has anger, is holding anger, they become not smart. They lose their wisdom. Says the Maritzchius, bad midas makes our wisdom unaccessible. When the Gemara says that Rabbi Yehuda is smart when he wants to be, it means he has good midas and as such can access his wisdom. His wisdom is accessible because he has good midas and he's in a state of good midas. And when a person's in a state of good midas, they can access their wisdom. Now as follows, Rabbi Say, the Gemara Mbamatsiya says, that if you hand an item to a shomer to watch for you, you give him an item to watch, so he is not allowed to give it to a different shomer. If he gives it to somebody else to watch, we paskin, the first shomer is chayiv. He is responsible. And he's responsible because he had no right to give the item that he was watching to somebody else. The language of the Gemara is the giver of the item can say, I gave it to you, not somebody else. Somebody once asked of Shloyme Zalman Orbach that they came to a lot of money and they asked Rav Shloyme Zalman Orbach how they should spend their tzvaka. So Rav Shloyme Zalman said, God gave it to you, not to me. Now there are definitely rules of Hilchah tzvaka. But there leaves a lot of room that since Hashem gave you the money, Hashem trusted you with that choice. With our children, each parent is gifted with a clear understanding how to raise their children. I have watched many years, Baruch Hashem, of brilliant parenting. Many of them that are on right now, 
amazing parents who have astounding ideas for their own children. Nobody has ideas for your children like you. And nobody has ideas for my children like me. Hashem gave me this child means, of course, I can ask people. Of course, I can hear ideas and come to a Sunday night, 10 o'clock, chenuch gathering. But ultimately, I am the one that knows the answers. Ultimately, I have the chachma. And I believe parents have tremendous, each child we get, we have a brilliance. We understand the child came from us. Hashem gifted us with this precious child. And we have chachma to raise our children. What I want to express as the number one ingredient to chenuch, perhaps, is we have to be coming from a place of good midas so we can access our chachma. There are many styles of chenuch. There are many styles. This one's a little stricter, less strict. Different ways. There's not one way of chenuch. And each parent has a unique style for sure, a unique way of understanding. However, in order to access the wisdom that Hashem certainly gives a parent, a tremendous chachma, in the very naming of our child, which means in the essence of the child, the name creates the personality, Shema Garan, we have a Ruach HaKadosh. The parent gets that Ruach HaKadosh, no one else. And from the very moment of birth, parents are given an intelligent understanding of this youngster. The question is, can we access the Chachma? And if we're coming from a place of bad Midas, we can't access the Chachma. And to start tonight, we'll converse. You're all clearly incredible people that have gathered because you care about the topic of Chenuch. And on a Sunday night, it's late on a Sunday night with many things all of us could be doing, this many hundreds of people have gathered because you care about chenuch. So first of all, ashrechem, that chenuch, that influencing and impacting and allowing another to soar matters to you, ashrecha. But I want to say to us all that the icker ingredient, we'll discuss ideas, people will ask questions, we're going to try not to answer too specifically to the case, because we don't know the whole case. We're going to try to study principles, kwalim, rules that I have heard from many people here, from my Rebbeim, from Bachrim. We'll study ideas that we, we'll study ideas and principles together, because it's a topic that's important to us. But I want to say to all Chachma, the only way we can access our Chachmas with good midas. I want to give an example. I want to give an example. The Gemara in Kedushin tells us something called projection. The Gemara says that if you have something in yourself unresolved, you tend to see bad in others. I'll tell you a fun, an interesting thing. A mother will say to me, I can't believe my 10th grader is smoking cigarettes, unfortunately. And a mother will say, I can't believe it. When he was in eighth grade, he knocked all the smokers. He used to bash anybody who smokes. And shockers in 10th grade, he's smoking. What happened? So, of course, if your son in eighth grade bashes smokers, you found out one thing. He's tempted by cigarettes. 
If a kid's not tempted, he doesn't bash smokers. He's not interested. If in eighth grade, he's knocking smokers, that's called projection. He's probably a kid who's very tempted. You just got a window into his soul. He's tempted about cigarettes. And that's a simple rule. It's called projection. It's a Gemara Kedushin, the fourth parakola. We cannot access as parents and rebellion our wisdom if we're coming from a place of bad nidas. All the time, we all have to have our own ways of bringing ourselves back to better midas. If we feel cast, if we feel a certain sense of nervous, what are the neighbors going to say? If we have any midas rice that we feel in ourselves, we have to bring ourselves to better midas, and then we can access tremendous wisdom for all our children. We have the answers. Don't be afraid. The answers are in us all. Let's work on good midas. Let's work on savlanus work on an ayin taiv, let's work on a menuchas hanefesh in our life, and then we can access the chachma that's most certainly in us. So that's how I wanted to start this discussion on chinuch, and wish us all a bracha, that all of us to be accepting of ourselves, that the tzaddik, one of the Rosh Hashivas of Neri Yisrael, of Shragi Nuberger Shlita, somebody who I've come to admire greatly, he wrote a brilliant sefer on marriage that I was dazzled by. And in that safer, he says the number one thing a husband and a father can do is accept himself. Is accept himself, mindless and chesrinus. Then you will be kind and gentle and positive to your spouse, kind, gentle, and positive to our children. A parent must accept himself. Probably the best thing we can do to our kids is not beat ourselves up. Because when we're in a place of negativity, when we not, I see a parent will say, I can't handle my son's missing davening. I want to hug the parent, say, don't beat yourself up that it's hard to focus by davening. If we're at a place of self-acceptance, we have much more patience for the next person. We're calmer, and then we have tremendous chachma, how to be mechanech, how to inspire. That's the Hakdama to this, probably a little too long Hakdama. Coach Menachem will tell you I probably started too long, but from a place of good need, this Rabbi say, all our chenach from a place of Yishvadas, then you and I can access the Chachma that we most certainly have. Ravasha, let's go to questions. Okay, well, the Rabbi Kalish, Murray, opening. Okay, let's just take a one minute break. We're going to do a little poll, get the oil a little bit warmed up, and then we'll get into questions. Okay, let's do the poll first. Okay, everybody, it's an anonymous poll. We just want to get, get, get a little uh, feeling from the crowd. There's a two-question poll. First question is, what do you think as a parent you could do to help your kids feel supported and loved? Which one of these four answers would you choose if you had to choose one of them? One, spend extra time with them. Two, stick to your principles and they will eventually learn. Three, <laughs> three consistently tell them how amazing they are. Four, do extra special things for them. That's the first question. The second question is, where do you go as a parent? Where do you as a parent go for guidance? You go to your Rav, you turn to your therapist, you turn to the child's principal or teachers, or option four, you turn to your friends for guidance. Everybody, please answer the questions, and uh, we'll share it with everybody. Rabbi Kiddush, you can see already how the answer is going. We're going to share it with everybody. We'll see what, we'll see what type of oil we're dealing with over here. 
Um, and while they're, while they're doing this, we'll give, give it five seconds. I just want to let Rabbi Kalish know we, we got a tremendous amount of questions. I have right now on my paper about 55 questions. So um, I don't think we're going to be able to cover all of them. And anybody who wants to ask a question, please text me, slash your partners. Um, and, you know, everybody, anybody who wants to go live obviously goes first. So if you have a question you really want to get to it, those who are brave, you know, we could cheer. Um, come on and text me, and uh, let's get to that. But we're going to start with a few, few basic questions that we have to cover. Okay, let's end the poll. Okay, everybody ready? Most people voted. Okay. So let's share it. So the winning answer for the question is, what do you think as a parent you could do to help your kids feel supported and loved? The number one answer, everybody's saying 68% is spend extra time with them, and then they, they're going to feel more love and support. If you 4% feel, stick to your principal, and eventually, eventually they'll learn eventually. I thought that would be the number one answer. I mean, everybody knows. You give them a safe patch, and that's it. Number three, constantly tell them how amazing they are. And uh, the fourth one is do extra special things for them. Only 7% said that. And the second question is, where, as a, where, do you go, where, as a, where do you go as a parent for guidance? 54% Rabbi Kedosh said they go to a Rav. 16% said a therapist. 11% principals and teachers. 19% of people say they turn to friends. Okay? You can exit on the screen. We'll continue. Okay, let's start with some few basic questions. Everybody again wants to ask, please text me. And um, we have Zarek again to have Rabbi Kalish here tonight. And Rabbi Kalish really wants everybody to be interactive. If you could turn on your camera, please turn it on. And if, you're, if you could ask a question, that's not only for you, it's for the receiver. Most questions I get asked here tonight are, are for everybody. Again, like Rabbi Kalish said, this is general. We're not answering specific problems. We're going to try to generalize all the questions to get the, the chinuch concepts and to get the ideas. Okay. I want to start off first with this question, Rabbi Kalish. My 14-year-old, my 14-year-old son is getting sent out of class daily, and he's not interested in anything anymore in going to yeshiva, davening, or learning. Period. I tried giving him all the love, but to no avail. What else could I do to to, to turn him on? I wanna I wanna first again thank everybody for being here, and I wanna talk about this question. With I wanna start. I have a lot of friends here. I want to start with something that a, that a Bacher taught me and share something. This, this person asked a very good question. We have a youngster who's struggling in school. What can I do to turn him on? I want to say that all of us have to know the real story. If I can share a story that a Bacher said in front of their guys here who heard the Bacher say this story, a story of Bacher got up in front of 200 friends on the last night of the year and shared this story, if I can share it with the Hever here. A guy got up and he said, in fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, I was from the best kids in my class. And I got straight a hundredth. I was the top kid in my class. In ninth grade, I got accepted to a top Masifta. Nice to see you, Cousin Ari. I got accepted to a top masifta. Here I'm the best kid in my class, and I got accepted to a top masifta. He said, I'm going through ninth grade. Late in ninth grade, I start hanging out with kids in a local 7-Eleven. By 10th grade, I'm using marijuana. I'm what people call in the streets a pothead. I'm struggling. He said the external narrative of my story is I'm a cautionary tale. Stay away from dangerous kids. You see what the 7-Eleven kids do? Here they took a top kid in the yeshiva, and look, now he's messing around. He said tonight, this Bacher said, I want to tell you the true story, not the narrative. Let me introduce you to the true story. He said, when I was a youngster, my father ran away from home. 
He described what it means to go to your bar mitzvah and you have no father next to you. He described the pain. All his friends had a father next to him by his bar mitzvah. He didn't. He described shul feeling like the ultimate outsider. That's other places are comfortable there. I'm an outsider there. This Bacher said that I was craving to be an insider. People asked me in elementary, how are you so smart that you get hundreds? He said I wasn't smarter than anybody. I needed the hundred more. I thought the hundred would make me an insider. It would make me an insider if I got a hundred. He said in middle of ninth grade, I said I did it for five years. And I said to myself, you're silly. You're trying the same thing five years. You're the same outsider. It didn't help. He said, I saw the quote unquote bad kids. And I said to myself that maybe they seem to have a kinship and the camaraderie. If I go there, maybe I'll get it. He said, I tried it for a couple of years. It didn't work. There are people on this on this, on this Chabura right now, together with us, he came to them, he became an insider, and he thanked the guys for making him an insider today. What I say to this question, and many questions we have on Chinuch, is parents, look, my kid is not doing this mitzvah, is not learning. Try to know the real story. Don't go for superficial narratives. Well, this bad kid is influencing him. Why is he going to that kid? And I want to say, parents, precious parents, let us all know the story of our child. We have to take the time, take the conversations. And I want to say that it's, there's no simple answer. And many of us try this. But I say to us all, let us learn the real journey of our child. We don't want to find out. We thought the journey was in 7-Eleven, and really the journey was he felt an outsider in shul. The more we're attuned to the real story, the more we can be part of solutions. This is something we see a lot of, that people have just have simply the wrong story. Is your son need more confidence? Does he need lessons in music and basketball and something and some skill that makes him feel more confident to try to identify the real story. That's what I would say to a parent who says their 14-year-old doesn't have chiyos. School may be boring to them. That might be the story. And maybe they need a, 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 a lighter schedule. That could be. Maybe they need at night some more activities that are fun. That's possible. But I do say, I do say that to, any, to all us parents, let us be attuned to the real story. Don't, well, the same way we learn Gemara, we try to get to the depth. We learn Chumash to the depth. Learn the Eon. Learn the real story. Because often we're focused in the wrong place. So I thank Revezi for being here and for making sure it's not choppy. And I say to us, well, let's get, let's really focus in and try to identify the real story. That's what I would like to say to that question. Okay, the next question is from a parent that, with a struggling child that can't go to a regular yeshiva. But uh, he says, I cannot see myself sending my son to a yeshiva for struggling boys. I want him to be in a normal yeshiva system. 
I have a great, I have a great story for the Chevra. Reb Menachem, I think you'll like this one. A few weeks, a week, a few weeks before Pesach, a guy calls me up. Chaim Svi, you'll love this one. Svi Rand, you'll like to listen to this Chevra. A guy calls me up and he says, Kalish, tell me the truth. What berries did the Eved? So the guy says to me, What berries did the Eved? Tell me the truth. Say it. So I told him, please listen to this quote, everybody. Please hear this, because I believe it's the truth. I told him, in Chenoch, Lechatchila is possible b'di'evid. I want to say the words again. In Chenoch, Lechatchila is possible b'di'evid. What do I mean? The Yisait of Chenoch is to know your child. Every single person is different. Every person and the goal is what this child needs. Our dreams and plans are wonderful. We should dream for our children and should plan. But all chinuch by its nature should be b'dyeved. B'dyeved means you're responding. It, something happens. There's history. You're responding to your child. So to rephrase this wonderful parent is saying, I have l'chatchilo plans for my child where I thought the yeshiva would be great for him. That's wonderful. That's allowed that you have great visions and plans. But now let's face your child. Chenuch has to be. You're a yeshiva if you are b'dyeved. B'dyeved means if all the people who are under your care, we all should be b'dyeved to all our children. B'dyeved meaning of Adel HaTchilu, beautiful dreams and aspirations to be tremendous b'nai Torah but understanding our child. So I would encourage this parent not to, we'll talk later about reputation, we'll get to that, but I would very much encourage a parent to understand this child and to do what this child needs. I do want to later talk about reputation and that topic, but I would just really encourage that parent to focus in, we know our children and we know their needs. Let's give this child what this child needs. Okay, there's a little follow-up question, a little bit similar to this, but I just want to clarify this. If a child is shown unconditional love and support from his Rebbeim and Mechanchem, and he goes back home and his parents don't do the same, does it backfire? As is, if the child may go home and say, why can't my parents love me as much as my Rebbe does? And they end up coming home and having more hatred towards the parents because they feel the Rebbe loved them more. It's a tremendous question. I think every Rebbe should make this clear. And I think that was that question I would love. I want to give a hug to that person. I want to say that parents love a kid more than Rebbeim. And it's a tremendous mistake for any kid to forget that and any Rebbe to forget that. A Rebbe who looks like, hey, why doesn't the parent love them like I do? A parent has it more challenging. Whole life has emotions and history and all different emotional things. No Rebbe should look at it. The, the, before we even get to the, to, the, to the child, every Rebbe has to understand that the child is loved by the parents tremendously. And it's much more challenging for a parent than a Rebbe. The parent does not have all the emotional challenges that the Rebbe does. And I think it's incumbent upon the Rebbe to give that over, that your parents are crazy over you. I want to say to the whole Hever here something honest. 
And I want, I, I would like everybody to hear it. I apologize for Sunday night and everybody's listening. We're having a party here. And then to share something sad, but I need to answer this question. Many years ago, two Bachum were nifter on the way to Yeshiva. And I want to say that till today, I don't say that I fully recovered or the friends that some of them are with us now listening have fully recovered. It's a hole in us. And there were many things I learned at that time. It changed my life. Danny and Ellie changed my life. These two precious Bachum changed my life and changed the yeshiva. But I want to tell you one specific area I learned. Their mothers, their mothers and the tsar of their parents, as hurt and broken as I felt, it didn't touch that of the parents. It didn't touch the tsar and difficulty that the parents went through. And one of the things that all of us learned, that all of us in yeshiva learned, is don't ever forget that our parents love us more than anybody in the world. And I think the question's outstanding. And any chinuch, any chinuch of, of teaching of the Rebbe loves his Talmudim must give over the Ava that the parents, that the child should notice the Ava that the child has, that the parents have the child. I want to say something, that the success to Siyat HaDashmai of our yeshiva the biggest point I'm proud of, perhaps there are hundreds of serious, serious B'nai Torah. I'm happy that guys come closer to their parents. Just today, a Bachar asked his parents to come to share, and they sat for Ava for two hours. Which, and just for no reason, a Sunday, the parents were off. The son wanted his pastor to come to Musa and to come to Shira with him that must be taught by Rebbeim and recognized by all of us, the love our parents have for us. So I want to say that even a lovey-dovey Rebbe who cares and is there has to give over and the buffer receives it should understand that's a mirror, that's a main of a parent's love. The Iker of Chenuch the Shinantam Levanecha is parents teaching their children because they love the most. We, Rabbi Yeshua ben Gamla established that a Rebbe has been kind to Av. And a Rebbe certainly has Ava for the Talmudim. But it should be understood that it's emotional. And a Rebbe has to, a Rebbe kid, don't you love your kid, the parents? I'm, I'm dazzled by the love the parents have for their children. It's overwhelming to witness and see and important to highlight. So the question is extremely intelligent. It was smart to say it and must be taught. So thank you for that one. Okay, we're getting a lot of questions, but I'm just telling everybody, you know, please text them in. We'll put making a line of people to ask, but I want to cover a few more very, very important ones. We're, we're working up, Rabbi Kalish. Okay. My 17-year-old seems to be always angry, even when things seem to be seeming okay. Whenever I or my husband try to engage in any conversation, he gets even more upset. He's always the type that didn't want to speak much to us. Yet, we never saw his anger, this anger part of him. Should we send them to should we send them to therapy for anger management or just let it float out? Great question. I want to say before therapy that certainly amongst us we have therapists that are listening. So a therapist has a place. I want we're talking here before therapy. And I want to say to take very seriously when your son's upset. 
all, all of us know we all have children and we all have bad moments, a difficult day, but teach our children to, to, that it's okay to feel, validate and try to understand feelings. Don't chalk it up, well, kids get upset. Well, you know, he just, he always had that disposition. When kids are able to articulate, they tell us amazing things, amazing things. Could I, Rav Asher, if I could share something, Mamish this with the Chevra. A Yid asked me recently, a Yid said, he's, a Yid asked me the following question. He said, my kids talk to me. I never spoke to my parents that way. I want to tell you something amazing about our dur. Our generation today, the youngsters, are more open with their rebellion and parents than, our, than the previous generation. It is incredible. It's incredible. There's an, I don't say always. There's an opportunity for real dialogue and real conversation today like we haven't seen it. And I want to say to a parent who sees his son's angry to try to listen and try to hear and see if you can locate the Nikoda. It should be safe for the youngster to express, encourage it, hear it, and empathize. It is huge to understand. It is huge. We don't have to have answers. The goal is to understand. The goal is to understand. There's an incredible Zayar. The Zayar says that Klal Yisrael was in Mitzrayim, and Maishar Abain was Vayar B'Sivloisam. He understood. He empathized with our pain. He looked and saw. Then it says, Vayayanchu B'nai Yisrael, B'nai Yisrael cried. Says the Zayar, who gave Klal Yisrael the voice to cry? And then, Batal Shabbosam, Hashem heard their prayers. Who gave them a voice to cry? Maishar Abenu. Because he understood and empathized, they were able to cry. I want to share, when I started Chenuch 20 years ago, I thought my job, if a buffer was sad, was to cheer him up. I would crack some good jokes, take him to the basketball court and have a good one-on-one, -on -one, and geschmack. And then he was happy, and I was so proud. Then, good job. 20 years later, Baruch Hashem, I have learned that much more important is to empathize and understand real. The person's expressing, hear and understand, and let them feel, let them express, and they'll cry to Hashem and he will hear their tefillahs. So I say to parents, if our children are upset, I say to talk and listen and to try to hear and let them express. We live in an incredible day. Before Pesach, I went to my Rebbe, and I had the best conversation in my life, a two-hour conversation with my Rebbe. And the only reason I was able to be so open is because my own children are open with me, and the Bachrim are so open. And I said, if they can do it, so can I. I want to also get, get I want to also improve. And I was more open with my Rebbe and had the best conversation in my life with him. So I say to us all, have good conversations with our youth. We live in special times. People are craving connection. A lot of the dangers that worry you and I, we're worried and we're putting filters as we should, is a generation that's craving deep connections. And we have the possibility of having honest, engaging conversations with our children. 
I would say to this parent, your son said he's sad to you, Ashrecha, and then discuss and speak and talk and see if he can express what's bothering him and don't give answers, just understand. And then Ki Asa Maisha Asa Koyal will get a voice, he'll cry to Hashem and get healed, but understand. I see many, many listeners are thinking that it's very hard for them to sit down and listen to their child, everything the child has to say. And uh, it's bringing up their emotions and uh, it's a struggle. Where do they start? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think all of us, all of us are the, the beauty of parenting and what we're zeichet to. We have our own journeys. And we're emotionally attached to our worries, our fears, our difficulties. And then we become a parent and we open ourselves up to the journey of our, of our children. And certainly like the Menachem saying, it's not easy. It's not easy and we can ease, and we easily can disconnect from what their journey is. It's overwhelming, but this is what we want. This is what we want. Our Icar work is our children. Anybody in this crowd is preaching to the choir because you're here on a Sunday night late. You clearly care about Chinuch. So our care is our children and we emotionally invest. It's very difficult, like Rabbi Nachum saying, because it's so painful. Our kids' worry is very, very painful. But we're attuned and sensitive. Can yeah. I share a story with the Chavra, Rabbi Nachum? Please. I see I'm very bad for this. I talk too much. And I'm dead. You should just know it's about Chinuch. It's not from my father. My father is a Mekatzer. And I have to work yet. I'm young yet and a work in progress. But I want to share a story with the Chevra. This is Lekavad Tully Rubin. The Chasn is a Chasn. Tully Rubin here at Kishmak. Listen to this Maisa Tully. My son, unfortunately, on Pesach, I was together with the Guris. So Mrs. Guri, my wife and I needed like counseling after and my son. My six-year-old son, it was the second day of, of, of Yantiv, the, the second day of the second days. And he had walked the whole Yantiv. We were on a high floor in a hotel. And we let him. He took the Shabbos elevator. There was a Shabbos elevator, which we don't use. But on the second day of the second days, my son went in the Shabbos elevator. And he got stuck in there for an hour and ten minutes six-year-old kid. He was stuck in the Shabbos elevator for an hour and 10 minutes. He pressed the button, the call button. Each time he pressed it, he said, sorry, Hashem. And he pressed the call button. Lalacha, he didn't know the Gemara. A youngster, you could be Michal Shabbos if a youngster is locked in a room. The Gemara says it's Pekuach Nefesh. You have to ask a rub. It's a complicated sugya. He's six years old and didn't know the sugya. But nonetheless, he said, sorry, Hashem, and he pressed the button. The man who, he, who was answering yelled at him, youngster, stop playing with the, with the, stop playing with the elevator. He was crying. He was singing the tshuva song that he had heard on an album. I'm t because I like Yisrael Meher a lot. And, and he kept pressing the button, and the man kept yelling at him. It's painful, and it could be I need a therapist myself to recover from this hour 10, but I'm, get, I'm getting it out of my system. But I want to say to the Hevra, 
How many of our youngsters are pressing the button saying, help, get me out of here, and we say, stop playing with the elevator? How many of our youngsters that pressing the button and we shout in, kids, stop playing with the elevator? But he's stuck. He's stuck in the elevator. He's stuck in, this is the story of all our youth. He's doing this, he's doing that. He's just pressing the buttons and you're screaming in, stop playing with that. Go open up the door, open up the door. We can, we can. Some guy was shouting in, youngster, stop playing with the elevator and he was stuck. He told me I thought I was gonna die. He said I thought I was gonna die. How many of our youth are pressing the call button and we say, we shout in, we have a little speaker there, say, stop playing with the elevator. He's just pressing the call button and saying, help me, Tati. Help, help, help. Help me, mommy. So give our youngster a hug and a kiss. Touch them. Hug them. Encourage them. We can do this. Open up the door. Go to the door and open it up. He's just asking for help. That visual, that visual, Rabbi say, when he presses the elevator, go open the door. The Ibrachach the, the said, yeah, but all kids play with the elevator. Yeah, could be kids play on elevators. I have no idea. But if they're stuck in the elevator pressing the call button, you open the door, Rabbi say. Wow. That's, that's what I want to share with that question. That was powerful. Okay, so we go to the next question. Uh, parents is asking, how how do I get to the obsessive thoughts of what my child is doing and has done so I can function and not constantly be thinking about my, about the things that he's doing? I have actually many other children and lots of things I would like to be doing, but this just weighs me down and consumes me. Any advice, please? First of all, before I want to get to this question, I was distracted because the chevra shared. We come from like a world, us, us chevra. Hey, Rabbi Kalish, Rabbi Kalish. Let's unmute them. Let's not get out. Let's go. Unmute. Go. Unmute, guys. Let's go. Unmute. Let's go. Somebody unmute. Okay, one question. One question. Who is the best Rebbe in the world? <laughs> Who is the best Rebbe in the world? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're good now. <laughs> they just were trying to press the button, Rabbi Kalish. They were just pressing the button. The, the, question, the question was asked that a parent, in a serious way, is describing being overwhelmed. They have many children. We have big families. And this one youngster is causing challenges. And, and I'm consumed and overwhelmed. And I want to say to the parents, I completely understand. It's very, very difficult parenting. And I understand the parents, understand the challenges. I'm a parent myself, Baruch Hashem. And being a parent is work. It's real, real avoda. It's our main task. Amaleinu, we said at the Seder, our work, Elu Abanim, is our children. So a parent's describing the difficulty. I want to say to this parent that our greatness comes from our adjusting to our children. 
I want, I used to, my Rebbe was, is and was everything in the world to me. The only one in the world who's taught me more and caused me to grow more than my parents and Rebbeim are my children. And I want to say to this precious parent, the savlanas, the patience, the breath, the depth, the widening of ourselves, becoming bigger and wider makes us great. I want to share a story with this particular parent, if I may. I know a man, a man, and this man became a Balchuva, became very wealthy, became a powerhouse in his community. And the Mida is di he's disciplined. He's a very disciplined, driven man. Gedarim, exact, and all his discipline and organization and power, all of that caused him to be from, caused him to be successful in the monetary world, caused him to gain great respect in his community. This man walks into a room, are you Walter? He walks into a room, this man, and people like, whoa, he's here. And why? He used the meter of discipline. And he's going along with his life, celebrated. Hashem sends him a son who's ADHD. The kid has brought the man to his knees. All of a sudden, and he can't understand this. This wild, Lebedeca, life is chaotic for a man who's always so organized. All of a sudden, life is chaos. And it is murder for him. And he would ask your question, I get stuck, I learn, I'm respected, I know Tyra. What am I supposed to do? I believe that the story of his life and the question, he has much success and is a great person, but I think Hashem loves him and sent him a child. Maybe Hashem knows him and knows the type of growth and the plan he needs of steiging. And to me, it's obvious that his adjusting and learning to be flexible and learning to go the opposite of the way he is, to gain some balance, to see another way. And it's murder. It's murder. No, I can't make, say it's easy. It's a challenge, and it challenges his essence. But I do say that this will cause him tremendous success. So I want to say to this parent, it is true, that the work is incredibly hard, but I want to say the sachar is harbi. The sachar is a lot of reward. The greatest gains in our life are being good parents. I want their bachram here, be parents. Have beautiful big families, every one of you. And then let us each, with patience, with tremendous work. And one child seems to overwhelm us more. That's the child who's going to change our lives the most. With Savlanus, and it's not easy. And the neighbors won't understand. And maybe even your in-laws or parents might not understand. Because it's your child. But our adjusting to our children, the schar is great. I have seen parents become tremendous Bali Madrega, parent after parent, who are huge people. I'm intimidated from the Friedlers. They happen to have goody-goody for kids, so it's not fair. But I'm intimidated. They're tzaddikim, and it's a funniest. And I've seen many parents 
with adjustment, with understanding, with steiging, it causes us tremendous steiging. I want to say to those parents, one of my sons who taught me tremendously, I brought him to the airport when he was 19 years old to go learn in Eretz Yisrael. And he walked off towards the plane for his first time going to Steig in Eretz Yisrael. And I couldn't stand. I sat on a bench in the airport bowling. And I said to myself, I remember the journey. He's still my son. And he's learned in Eretz for years at Talmud Chacham. But I thought to myself, all the opportunities I had to grow and to work and to understand and to become larger, to become bigger. And I was very happy of the successes and very sad that I no longer was going to have that opportunity. It was going to be different. He's learned in Eretz Yisrael for years. He's still my son and I still grow. But it's different. I want to say to that parent, you're going to walk your son or daughter down to the aisle, to a beautiful shidduch. Become great now from your child, from your sablanas, from your understanding, from the chachma you're going to access and raising. You're going to marry off the child and you're going to miss him. He'll bring the enoch home and you'll be close. Gam yavar, this too shall pass, not in the sense that it's something bad. The opportunity of greatness will pass. He won't be 17 so much longer. He won't be 9 so much longer. When he's 20, he's going to be easy. Grow. Embrace. Engage in this mission. All of us look for our missions in life. We seek it. Where is it? Here Hashem hands us a tape and says, this is your mission. Each son and daughter Hashem handed you. Here, here's your mission. This is the mission of our life. Embrace it. Embrace it. Engage in it. Is it challenging? Yes. Be mechazik. Be mechazik. Here, I wish one hard kid would come on so we could like point to somebody hard. These are the easy ones are here. Some people are, are to be more difficult. Embrace the challenge. Embrace the challenge. It's your mission. It's your greatness. Okay, so I just want to just be most of one thing. I went uh, a few months ago to the Kesher Nashi, the Shabbaton for people that have struggling teens, and the Rabbi Wano Jacobson spoke, and his, he was speaking, it was like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, so maybe everybody was hard, tired and drunk, but his core, he said, he was saying from that child that, the, that, that, that you have the most struggles from, the ones that you really push you to the limit, that is the child that you probably, you have the growth, your biggest growth of who you are today is from that child. And I looked around the room, there was hundreds of parents, every single parent was crying, every single parent was crying. Okay, there's so many live questions. I really want to try to get to all of them now. I just want to ask one more question. It's a very, very important question, and then we'll go to much more live questions. Rabbi Kalish, how do I protect my younger children from my struggling teenager who uses inappropriate language and comes home high and drunk? I want the siblings to maintain a loving relationship, but at the same time, how do I keep appropriate boundaries? I want my younger son to love his brother and give him the message that we accept all Jews. At the same time, I'm exposing him to a very unsheltered life that is very different than his peers. I am so happy somebody asked that. I love you. Thank you. The guys, that deserves like a standing O. Excellent, excellent, excellent question. Off the charts. Thank you for asking that. And to repeat the question, somebody said he's impacting my other sons. My other children are being impacted by this son. Now I want to share two points. Point number one is the same Hashem who gave you that son 
gave the sister and brother that brother, gave your sister and brother that sister. Emuna, faith. The same Hashem, don't lose any stress on this, don't lose any sleep. The same Hashem who said, this is your Shlemus, having this son and this daughter, you're precious and you're Zaycha to this Neshama with this set of challenges and you understanding and embracing, gave your other children this sibling. It wasn't your choice, it was God's. And God loves you and your, and your children. And he said, this is their path, the Shlemus. Chas v'shalom, to throw this one out, you're fighting God. Hashem said your son and daughter needs this sibling, and you disagree, don't disagree with Hashem. Emuna, the same Hashem who gave me this child, gave my children this sibling. Point number one. Point number two. Every one of us knows to have a good Seder, Rabbi Yetzir you know this is true, to have a good Seder takes tremendous after the Shemayim. You cannot need, like the nace of leaving Egypt or leaving Mitzrayim, you almost need the same miracle to have a good Seder. Let's think about our Sedarim. Menachem Wiener like this. Think about our Sedarim, Hevra. At our Seder, so you have an old kid who's a genius, older son to a Lamdanim. You have a little child who wants like simple. You have a wife who's smarter than you. You have this one, that one. You have all different people at your Seder. How do you make a Seder that engages everybody? It needs miracles. I try very hard to prepare very hard for that important night of the Igadat Olavencha. And I try to daven for Hashem. I should have a miracle. The Seder should work. So I prepare. The night is the most, it, 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 it's the most, from the most important times of my family. And the night is going that particular year off the charts. We're having the dream Seder. The London, the Lamdisha kids are handling and Mamish right there. They're leaving Egypt. With they, the things they need to bring. My older kids are bringing their stuff, Adam and Sraim. The little guys are bringing their stuff. Well, Mamish, we're on the way out of Egypt. My whole family was leaving. We had a group of Chevra at the Seder. They would get, we were all getting out of Mitzrayim. We were Mamish. It was the best Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim I've ever experienced. We were almost out of Egypt, Chevra. We Mamish, we had brought a lot of stuff out already out of Egypt. We were going in to still pick up some stuff we had left behind. We were bringing stuff out. We brought, it was incredible. In the middle of this epic Seder, two drunks walked into my Seder. Two drunks. And they started making havoc, wrecking havoc. They destroyed the Seder. I was sitting there for a few minutes, mamish like broken. Here was the best, I was stunned. I'm just looking. It was the best Seder. We were leaving Mitzrayim, and two guys came in. Should I call the cops? Should, I, should we all get together, carry them out? I thought about it, and the Seat of the Shmaya, I was Ahmed bin Asayan, I thought to myself, I'm teaching my children Emunah that Hashem runs the world, that we're Avda, not Avda the Kuch that we're loyalists to Hashem. I'm teaching them Ashkocha Pratis. We're getting out of the Mitzrayim, those walls that restrain us, that block us from the truth of the world. I thought to myself, what greater freedom 
to show that we don't run the world. I had all these plans for the Seder. Hashem also has plans. Accept his plans. Accept his plans. And I adjusted. It's years later, I assure you, my kids won't remember much of the Divrei Torah I said at that Seder. Though I know for sure it's in them. But the drunkards that we ended up understanding and being nice and the rest of Yantiv stayed with us, that they remember very clearly today. And I want to say to the parent that the best thing for the other kids, you'll have a lot of chinuch experiences for the other kids. The best chinuch for sure, I don't have a Shiloh, is the heroic savlanas they're going to see in you. Your patience, your understanding, your kindness, your work, your wild, above any nature, your supernatural savlanas that you're going to dig deep and try to understand and try to encourage is going to stick with your other children all their life. That would be all the chinuch lessons of your life I don't think will match. And I've seen this. I've seen it. And other kids, our children are very smart. And they have you as parents, they're certainly smart. Our children are smart. So I've learned this to one sibling who's struggling and having difficulty. We have to make sure the other kids are getting a lot of time. And certainly, I'm a lay It costs a lot of time, but this is what we want to spend our time. But I think the savlanas that we dig deep and show this child will be a lasting lesson in midas taivas to our other children, in savlanas, in accepting amuna. You want to teach faith. Shamran's world, he knows. He knows better. That would be a lesson to all our children. That's what I would like to say. Beautiful, I look at it. Wow. Okay, we have so much more to go. We have a lot of lives. Um, we'll try to, I, I suppose so many more questions want to go, but let's go to the first live question, okay? Aaron, you're on. Rebbe, it's Aaron Hassan. How are you? Wow, wow. Now, if it wasn't Svira, Rebbe, Ari, I'd have you do a quick song, Ari, but it's Svira. Maybe we'll ask Chaim to sing later, Ari. Are you just sing? No, Chaim, Chaim's the king. The question is, is, how does one build a better relationship with their parents and vice versa? How, how does a parent build a better relationship with their kid? Wow. Wow, wow. Just to, just to give, I want to like expose Ari. Ari's a tremendous musician who's doing tremendously well and his unique and beautiful Kesher to his parents. Him and his mother can play music for hours together is a lesson. I would answer the question. They should watch you and your mama. The way you are, have a Kesher to each other is, would be my, one of my answers. But I do want to say, I, there's, there's, there's no short answer to that question. I would say both to the parents and to the son and to the children, it's important in Chinuch, and this is, we're speaking more to parents here, but to children as well, the importance of a close Kesher to parents. We're in a generation, my friends, everybody's highlighting filters. It's a lot of exposure. So we say, where do we run for cover? Certainly we need filters, but there's a lesson Hashem is pointing to us. What are people running to? Fake relationship, connection. We have a generation craving connection, relationship, and we have an opportunity to create relationships. So I would say, Ari, that I'm not answering your question, but I'm not ducking it either. We're saying Klalim rules. And I want to say step number one is knowing it's important for a son to be close to dad and mom. 
It's important for a daughter to be close to dad and mom. Very. That mitzvah daraiz of kibbara ve'em is a command, and Hashem is telling us something. A child's supposed to be machshav, a parent. And a child is supposed to, the name Av, this is not modern, it's only as modern as the Torah. The name Av means, the translation of Av, of father, Rashi says, is a chaver upitarein, an advisor and a friend. Rashi and Zvarim, re'acha your best friend in the world, ze'avicha. A person is supposed to be close to his parents, that is Dvarim Pshutim. So I would say to both parents, certainly, to establish connections, good conversation. This is clearly a chevra that gets at that poll question. I think 67, 66% answered more time with our kids. Focus on our children. From the children, I would say, Ari, first, knowing how important it is, and two, time. Nothing replaces time. About a guy in the shul asked me, that he sees you're very close to the Bachram. I'm close to members in the shul, but we don't have the same Kesher, he told me. And I told him I want the Kesher. There's one difference. We don't get enough time together. Nothing replaces time. I have to spend more. I want to spend more time. The answer, Ari, is time together is important. And of course, knowing the importance. I have a bunch of live, but I want, to, I want to get to this question. I think it's a very important question. Again, we're going to try to broaden it out, but it's a general question that I'm sure it's negated to a lot of people. My husband and I both grew up from, but I'm more accepting by nature. My son told me that he's no longer keeping Shabbos. If my husband knew, he would not allow him to stay in my house. My husband and son do not get along, and my husband is very harsh with him. Where does my loyalty lie? Respect my husband or accept my child who is struggling? How do I balance the two? I want to I wanna say something. Again, this is a fantastic question, fantastic, and a sad story, a sad scenario. I want to say to everybody that certain spouses, our first loyalty is to our spouses, a husband to a wife and a wife to a husband. I want to say to this wife that the more we give cover to our spouse, the more our spouse feels good, the better father will be to our son. And the best thing a wife can do for a husband, husband to wife is give covenant. The more we feel good, the better parent we are. Rabbeinu Yoyna quotes a Rambam who's, well, on the Mishnah Novus that says lave tithes is the best thing to acquire. So the Rambam says that means me this tithes. And Rabbeinu Yoyna brings from the Rambam sameach b'chelkoi, somebody who's happy with his lot. It, the, a, a primary nekud of good needless is to be self-satisfied. I quoted Rev Shragi Neuberger earlier, that a husband and a father who care, who satisfy himself will be a good parent and will be, look good and have an eye in tight. If a father's impatient with his son, you know what he should do? He has to be more happy with his own accomplishments. When we're in a good state, Yenam looks good to us. Let me share a Rashi. Aaron Shmeldovi, listen to this Rashi, Hevra. It's worth the whole gathering Yitzra Binowitz for this Rashi. All of us know Pari has a dream, and he sees seven bad-looking cows in the dream. And Yosef HaTzadik interprets the dream that it's a sign of seven bad years. 
Why are bad? I don't even know what bad looking cows are. I don't know a good looking cows. So they were bad looking cows. And a bad looking cow is a sign of bad years. Why? Says Rashi that when a person doesn't have good, somebody else looks bad to you. But at a time you have good, Yana looks good. I would say to the wife that her loyalty is to her husband. Give him as much respect as you can. Make him feel better and more chashuv, and he'll start seeing good in his son. It's natural to see good. People are incredible. Yidn are good. When we're in a good place, good midas like we started, Yenna looks good. So I would beg this mother as much as possible to give covet to us. We're now talking real. There, that was real also, but continuing in a real conversation is there times parents see it differently. I think respecting that there are different ways and with the covered, a covered one for another and agreeing we can't sense, we can't knock the other's approach in Chinuch and we try to form so we have a team. You know, every yeshiva might have one principle's a little strict, one's a little more lenient. If dad is stricter and mom is more lenient, let's have a beautiful team. So now you have a perfect team. Your mom is a good bias. You have the din, you have the chesed, gevaldig. But let's work together doesn't mean we see it exactly alike. And doesn't mean we have exact same styles. Our team's better. If you have a school and you have a principle's a little strict, you need a uh, uh, you know, you need another prince with a little more lenient. You need a merge. So I say to parents, you don't have to have the same view, but merge. So your team's a better team. You have somebody who tends to see it stricter, more lenient. Don't blame the other. Don't knock the other. Merge. Don't compromise. And you don't have to be on the same exact way. You have to be unified. Merge. It's a great merger, the shidduch. So if you're Zaycha, that you are merger, has chesed and din, manish mixed, so you're give all the team, respect each other. Rabbi Kalish, um, I know you're an amazing point guard. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you an assist now, okay? Because we gotta get into reality versus perception. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pass you the ball. You ready? I'm ready. How do we deal with extended family when they sing ridiculous statements such as the professionals and aren't guarding you correctly, or maybe you're parenting wrong? Nevasha, we're friends now twenty four hours and you just became one of my best friends. I love you, Rev Usher, and you threw an alley-oop. I would like to try to dunk it now. Don't, bre- <laughs> don't, don't break the backboard. <laughs> I love point guards. I always appreciated John Stockton. And the good point guard, Rev Usher just threw an alley-oop. I hope, Rev Yisrael Monk, I hope I can dunk this one. But your mom, Rev Usher, you threw it up there perfectly. If I can share a Gemara with the Chevra, I've been itching to share this Gemara and I really want to learn a Gemara with everybody here. Please listen to this Gemara, if you will. And please, let's, 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 if we walk away, Reveli Metz, if we walk away with something tonight, the Siata the Shmaya, I hope we'll walk away with stuff. I want to learn, Reveli, this Gemara. The Chevra and I are learning Kedushin this year together. We learned this Gemara with the Chevra. It changed, it impacted us tremendously. Thank you, everybody, for joining. And please, let's study. Listen to this Gemara. 
it's late on a Sunday night, you'll actually be happy you stayed up late to this Gemara. The Gemara says, Rev Amram Chasida. Rev Amram Chasida had in his second floor, he was a tzaddik, he was a chassid, and in his second floor, there were nashim that had been captured, they needed, a, they'd been redeemed from Goyim, they needed a place to stay, they stayed in Rev Amram Chasida's second floor. He was a tzaddik, he didn't want to have a challenge of an avera, so he had a ladder that, that in order to go from the first floor that he lived on, to the second floor, there was a ladder that needed 10 people to move this ladder. He needed 10 people to move this ladder, Rev. Amram Chasidah. And Rev. Amram Chasidah moved the ladder away so he couldn't get to the second floor. This way it was a safe, massive, he wouldn't do any affairs. Fine. Comes the Yetzirah, Hashem sends the Yetzirah. And Rev. Amram Chasidah wanted to do an Avera. He picks up the ladder that it took 10 men to move. Hashem gives him superhuman strength to pick up the ladder, put it in its spot, and he starts climbing the ladder to do an Avera. Halfway up the ladder, Rev. Amram Chasidah says, I don't want to be Nechshel. I don't want to do an Avera. So he digs his feet in to try not to climb the ladder. But he sees it's not going to hold out. So he starts screaming, fire, fire, by Rav Amram He starts screaming, fire. My neighbor just came over, my precious neighbor, Rav Gabriel, just walked into my house. I, if, I if he would have walked after I screamed fire, I think he would have, I would have thought he came because of this. But Rav Amram Chassidim, started screaming, fire, fire. And the neighbors heard him scream fire. And all the neighbors come into Rav Amram Chasidah's house. And his Talmidim come in the house as well. There's a huge crowd gathered in his house. And Rav Amram Chasidah's halfway up the ladder to do an Avera. Ay, 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 the busha. And the Talmidim are disgraced. You could picture Rav Amram's Chassidus Talmidim. Whenever they went home, they told their neighbors and friends, my Rebbe, wow, what a tzaddik, what a hero. Oh, my Rebbe, my Rebbe. I've been talking about my Rebbe for 30 years, day and night, nonstop. Rav Amram Chassidus Talmidim told everybody, my Rebbe, my Rebbe, my Rebbe, my Rebbe, my Rebbe. And then he walks into the house, the Talmidim with the neighbors, and the Rebbe's halfway up the ladder on the way to an Avera. Now, anybody who knows me, I like basketball and I love ladders. My favorite item in this earth is ladders. In my shul, Simchus Torah, we put a ladder. My neighbor, my chaver, Rev. Gabriel, is here. He can be made. We put a ladder in the middle of shul. We climb it. We dance around it. I love ladders. And this Gemara, Rev. Amram's halfway up the ladder. And the Talmidim are embarrassed. Rebbe, Rebbe, yes, Rabbi, so you got to come there with me. Are you visualizing the Rebbe, who they spoke about to everybody, is halfway up the ladder to do an Avera, and the Talmidim are looking at him up the ladder. The neighbors are all there. He clearly was going to do an Avera. And the neighbors are looking, huh? 
This is the Rebbe you told us all about. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Reb Amram, it's easy. You can pick out, Ziggy, you can pick out who Reb Amram Hasidah's students are in the crowd. Maybe there's a hundred people in the room, maybe a thousand, maybe ten. I don't know. But however many there were in the room, you can pick out his students. The ones who are beat red like tomatoes are his students. They're bushed out. They're so disgraced. So they call up to their Rebbe on the ladder, halfway up, and they say, Rebbe, you shamed us. You embarrassed us. Calls Rev Amram Hasidah down from the ladder. This is his shear. He said that day, he said shear from the ladder. Halfway up the ladder, he calls down to his students and he says, better you're embarrassed in this world than the next world. Now I have a cash revised. Listen to this. What were Rev Amram Hasidah's students saying to the Rebbe? Rebbe, you embarrassed us. What do you want him to do? He was going to do an Averim. He had no choice. What were the Talmudim asking the Rebbe? Rebbe, you embarrassed us. What do you want him to say? What should he do? What's that before his answer? What's their cash Rebbe, you embarrassed us. What's he supposed to do? Rabbi say it's Mochroch, and there is Shainim that speak this out, is Rev Amram Hasito could have saved himself a different way. If you read later in the story, he makes a shvuah and the Yetzirah leaves his body. And the Talmudim said, Rebbe, you could have saved yourself a different way. Why did you embarrass us? You embarrassed us. You could have saved yourself in a different way. That's what the students asked. Otherwise, their question makes no sense. They said, Rebbe, you embarrassed us. Why did you scream fire, fire? And all the neighbors, everybody had to come and see you in a compromised situation. Save yourself in a different way. So now what's his answer? Better you're embarrassed now than later on. We could be embarrassed neither. The answer, Hever, is that if Amram Hasid said, I needed to teach you the most important share of the year. We're learning Tyra. We're serving Hashem. Reality beats perception. We're in a world that's all about PR and perception. What does it say on the social media? What are they writing about you? Perception matters, but never over reality, never. Years ago, I was asked to start a Masifta. My partner, I'm Zoycha to have somebody Ray Brownstein Schlitz, who runs the yeshiva, and somebody Ray Overland, who runs it for years. They run the yeshiva. I sit and yap and talk. They do the work. Ray Brownstein's with Yona in yeshiva now. I'm sitting at my dining room table schmoozing. But they both run the yeshiva and do all the work, these two tzaddikins. We made a pact. A yeshiva is a place of reality. We're not going to be about what people say. What does this one say? What do they think? A yeshiva has to teach Tyra, has to teach MS. Perception matters, but reality is first. Reality over perception. Reality over perception. We're the Amashem. We're Tyradika people. We're in a world that's choosing how it looks. 
It almost doesn't matter what vacation you go on. It matters what you can post on social media, how the vacation looks. Reality is more important than perception. Reality. Have a good vacation. And if you want to post, wonderful, but make sure it's a good vacation. Reality over perception. Rev. Amram Hasidah, from his perch on the ladder, said to his students, I could have saved myself a different way. And you wouldn't be embarrassed and I wouldn't be embarrassed. But this lesson you wouldn't learn. Reality over perception. He wasn't talking about times. Ilam Haba, like later on, as opposed, you can live Ilam Haba now. Ilam Haba means a person who's true. A Bakr in Yeshiva. Yeshiva is about reality. He might not look, I know guys who are steiging of elf. It doesn't mean he'll look from her yet. And of course, I want him to look from. But I want growth, reality, to develop, to work through. Choose reality over perception. The covet will come. The real people will see. I say to this parent who asked the Shaila, and I say to every parent here, I beg you. I love ladders. I have other reasons. But the greatest share from Rev. Amram Chasidah, a Bachar told me, actually the younger man, he's married, a beautiful person. A beautiful, fresh married guy told me. That Rav Amram the student said, Rebbe, you embarrassed us. They threatened to run away from him. You embarrassed us. He said, I would run to Rav Amram's yeshiva. We all want to go learn by Rav Amram Because he said to his students, choose reality over perception. I could have saved myself and you wouldn't be embarrassed and I wouldn't. But you'd be pretend. You'd be all about what the neighbors say. And I want to teach you precious Talmudim. I visualize Rav Amram hanging on to the ladder. I push it. We should bring ladders into our yeshiva to teach this shmuz. This one he gave. And by the way, all his students climb ladders and we still climb ladders today from this pitch. You want to climb ladders. If you do, somebody asked earlier, if I send to this yeshiva, I'm embarrassed. There's a lot of things that others will say. I beg everybody, teach our children. Reality of perception matters. A shame type is important. And we care. But I tell everybody, if Amram Hasidah's speech, I beg Hezra, all of us, reality over perception. What's true? Rev. Amram said, fire, fire. So embarrassing. But the MS, he didn't do enough error. He was true to Hashem. And he, taught, he had other ways he could have saved himself. But he wouldn't have saved us. Rev. Amram didn't want to just save himself. He wanted to save Kalish and you and your wife and your children and your husband and your children. He wanted to save us. Rev. Amram said to the Talmudim, Rabbi Say. I could have saved myself in other ways, but I want to schmooze forever. <laughs> Reality over perception. I'm Zaycha, the Rosh Yeshiva, right? Kaufman Schlitz is here, and he started a Yeshiva that's about reality. The perception's good too, it comes around. But worry about reality, boys. And I say to this parent that the best thing for your children is climb Rav Amram's ladder. His ladder that goes up to Hashem, the ladder of what's true. So it's true. 
We're human beings. It's not easy. This one says, that one says it's challenging. But I, and we care about what people say. We care. But I say to all of us, to every single one of us, let's choose reality. And of course, the perception will be good. Anybody who's here tonight on a Sunday night, you're real people. You're here to study Chinuch. Please, the visual, Rev Amram from his ladder, who taught us choose reality. So Rev Asher, thank you for that question a lot. And Rev Amram Chassidah is sitting on the ladder, beautiful ladders. Ladders just went up in value. Because from that ladder, he gave this, the, maybe the best year you can imagine. He said to the Talmudim, choose reality. It looks bad. People say, that what are the neighbors going to say? Do what's true. Do what's true for Avoy Hashem. Care about perception. Don't fight anybody on. Explain to the neighbors. Explain to your in-laws and parents. Do good things. I'm not saying not to explain. It's a chiyuv. You have to explain. You got to explain. However, choose the truth, Rabbi. There's so many questions. Let's go. I want to, I want to really get some questions. Go, you're on. Rabbi Kalish, how are you? Yes, Shekhan, so much for being here. How are you? I wanted to ask Rabbi, going back to what Rabbi spoke about earlier, the site of uh, the idea that every kid really is Chanech on our so the Rebbe, you walk into the classic, the classical classroom. Think about your small yeshiva. You have 22 boys. You have the smartest guy in the town. You have the weakest student in the town. You have the most hyper kid in the class, the least, the most structured kid in the class. How does that Rebbe walk into that classroom and take that completely diverse group and, and, and take Rebbe's Yisraelis and bring it out with them? Well, first of all, I want to say that Rebbe Monk and I were good friends and we share the same Rebbe. We both have the same Rebbe, so we come from the same base Medrash. And the things, the things I know, Rebbe Monk knows and knows it better. I want to say, and this is important to me, he asked about classroom teaching. Now, anybody knows me knows that I don't teach much in the classroom. And Rebbe Monk's pointing out, classroom. I want to say, and I ask any classroom Rebbe this, that the main job of any classroom Rebbe is by recess, before class, by nights and Shabbosas. I don't think it's possible if you're a classroom Rebbe who's not busy engaging your Talmudim by recess, before class, after class, then I have no answer for a Rebbe. If he has a relationship with all 20, developed and built, this Hezra told us already, 67%, that time is the Icar, so it has to be a built relationship. I say when there's a relationship, then in the class there are different techniques. We sometimes focus on the strongest, the middle, the weakest. They're all different techniques. I beg every classroom Rebbe, if I was a principal of a school that was built very much around the classroom, my main grades for the Rebbe would be how well he does in conversation to guys by recess. And I don't think there can be any answer. I would say the Iker Chinuch of that Rebbe. Let's keep in mind that the din of Hashem is a father should teach a son. We, it was switched. There were people, Yusayman, father's busy, so Rebbe's been kaim av. There must be a Kesher. There must be a relationship. I would beg a Rebbe to form a relationship. Then a lot of the Yusayadis we speak about to say that as the classroom, but there's a relationship. I don't have an answer to a Rebbe who says I can't. 
and all I could do, then I would call him a Magid Shear, not a Rebbe, and we could talk about Shearim, make sure all the guys are quiet. But I don't think that person's a Rebbe. He's a Magid Shear. He says a Shear. It's wonderful. It's a very Kishmakazach to say Shearim. But a Rebbe was talking about somebody who spends time, who understands, who's, where Yeshua and Gamla made Rebbeim, Vishinan from Levanecha. That I don't see a way without time. It was voted already, so even if we thought differently, Raimond, we're outvoted 66% time. So I would say to the Rebbe, recess before Shabbat at night. I do say there are techniques in class, but I do think that relationship should be formed. And then a lot of the difficulties will be easier in class. Okay, Rabbi Kedosh, I have a bunch more live, but I want to jump on this one. Let's try to generalize it, but uh, my son's in 10th grade. He's been joking about using e-cigarettes for a while. I found him with an e-cigarette last week. I tried to confiscate it from him. He told me that he will just get another one from a boy that sells it, and everyone is doing it, so what's the, what's the difference anyway? What scares me even more, he's been joking around about getting a smartphone for quite a while. He even told me that he could simply go to Walmart and get it. Can I expect he will be having a smartphone without us knowing it in the near future? What is our role as parents in regard to dealing with these types of issues? That's a super question. I think it's important to discuss for a few minutes what chinuch is, because I think it will help us with this question. I want to debunk that chinuch doesn't mean I control. The following, it could save us a lot of wasted conversation. Let's play out. Let's, let's pray. We should really role play. I should, Ellie Metz is a superb person, but a great actor. We should make like a play, Elliot. Is he here? Is he on? <laughs> let's go. Unmute him. Let's go. Let's play it out. Ellie, unmute. Unmute, Ellie. That's it. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> Sorry. Ellie, Ellie, if we can play, let's role play. Let's have a conversation and play out the control type chenuch. If chenuch is I control you, so we're going to play out a scenario. You're the son. I'm the adult. That's not fair. Why should we do that? Do the opposite way. You be the adult, I'm the son, and you're punishing me, and we're going to play out. You're punishing me. I came home after curfew was 12. I came 12.07, and now I'm in trouble, and you're punishing me. Tomorrow night, we have a bit, our first hockey game, Ellie, is tomorrow night. We're actually going to be pretty good this year. MD's fired up. To Ellie, punish me. You're the parent. You're not driving me to the hockey game. Let's start a conversation. You're the, you're the controlled parent. I'm the controlled son. Let's have it. Ellie, I came on 12.07. Do your job, Tata. Shalom, my son, my Rebbe. This is, this is just, this is just, um, we, we, there's no words that can describe my pain right now, seeing you come home this late. Um, I waited up for you. You know, I wake up early in the morning, and this is just, I, I can't, I can't handle this. You, you, you're going to be, tomorrow night, the hockey game, I know exactly you like it, but you're going to have to, you're going to have to, you're going to have to um, earn that hockey game. So, tomorrow night, not happening. We're going to wait till the next one. Really? Really? Well, I am going to Uber. I have my own Uber account. I'm going to Uber there tomorrow night, Dad. Remember that credit card? Forget it. <laughs> well, by the way, I don't know how to break this to you, Dad. I worked this past summer 
And I have money put away and have my own Uber account on a phone I never told you about. And I'm going to use this. <laughs> what a party. I'm teaching chutzpah. This is like on public in front of hundreds of people. Ellie, you're a much better actor than me. All of us know, and this is important, and it saves a lot of angst. The Yisait of Chinuch is not, I can control you, because often we can't. Let's take a mother, a single mother, who has a 17-year-old son who's physically stronger, she, and could she control him, and he has, he's independently wealthy. We do have some control, but the Yisait of Chinuch is not control. We do have control as the adult. But don't be scared if it comes out. There's so much wasted conversation. I won't try you. Well, I can go myself. Well, I'll, well, I'll. Ellie and I could have gone on for hours. We like talking anyway. We could have played it out ad nauseum. But Ellie stopped because Ellie couldn't, he couldn't even be an actor on this. Chenuch doesn't need, well, I'm stronger. Let's say you're not. The Yisait of Chenuch is I'm your father. And Hashem says you should listen to me. I'm your father and I love you and logic dictates you should listen to me. Parent and don't be afraid that you can't control. Any punishment is not because I can control you. If I would tell my son I'm not driving you to the hockey game and he says I'm Ubering, I say wonderful. Can I give you money for the Uber? What my son is saying, you can't control me. Oh, you're right. That wasn't, that's not the dialogue. We don't have to worry if we can't control our kids. That's not the conversation. You're still dad and you're still mom. It's not the side of Chenech that I can control you. Well, well, I'll, the kids, what are you going to do about, they're arguing the wrong sugi. I'm just your mom and this is what you're going to do. You don't need, I saw a Bacher get up at his seum. It was one of the most remarkable things I heard a Bacher say, and the guys here who heard it, in front of the whole yeshiva, he said, I love you, ma'am. And when I was being tough, and it was tough, you never stopped mothering me. It's not about, can I control what are you going to do about it? I'm your mother, I'm your father. And be mechanich. So I want to say to parents, that worry in the question, one part of the question, he might buy his own, he might be mechanich. Son, you're not getting an isig. If that's what, I'm not coming to Paskin the isig Shiloh. But if the parents hold this way, you're not getting an isig. Well, what are you, I'm going to buy him. Don't get involved in that discussion. You're not, you're not fighting. He's saying, if the son says to dad, well, you can't control me, I can do it myself. That's not the premise of Chenech that I could control you. I just told you, you're not getting an isig. I'm your dad. I'm your mom. It's not a fight if you have control, Chenuch. I think understanding this makes Chenuch much, much better. I would recommend Rav Yaakovson, I don't know the whole book, but I've seen this Yisait in his Sefer, and I think it helps parents a lot and calms them down and gives a sense. You'd, parents will ask, but let's say he doesn't listen. I'm still going to parent. The premise, what you're saying is, I can't control him, correct? Correct, and still parents. Still parents. Still explain, teach, love, encourage, talk. Still parents. 
very, very important. The, the panic of I can't control does not equal therefore I'm not parent. People have choice. If you notice that, excellent. When, whenever your son has any type of line, well, what are you going to do about it? You didn't, you didn't hear that wasn't, this is not a, this is not a power struggle. If the, the son basically saying is, you can't control me. Correct. That was a smart thing. You're correct. Now get back to Chenach. Son, don't get to Isig. So I say to parents, don't be nervous if you discover you can't control. Okay. Let's go to another live question, Rabbi Kalish. One sec. Please. I have so many questions. What time have we made up? Three o'clock? It works for you? Ravasher, I can only in I could tell the Chevron and Waterbury, like we're making Shachris later. I feel like I hope in the communities we have some Rabbanim who can. Anybody like, who comes to my share, I usually get a text. You know, Monday morning I push off all my meetings. I push it to Tuesday. Okay, let's let's while this person who work on the technical difficulties, let's let's get to this question. A very important question. The person writes like this: Rabbi Kalish, you persona positivity, and when you talk, it just comes out. So people feel like that. How could I say just love them? If he is rooting his own life by letting him hang out with the worst friends, love him for who he is and who he's not, unconditional love, this is impossible for me. The things that he does, the way he speaks to me and my husband, the destruction he's making in my house, the friends he brings home, how can I just love him? It's funny, Rav Asher, it's funny. If somebody asks you, how do you want me to spend $1,000? And you answer, no, 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 I want you to spend a $1 million dollars. I'm going to get mean now. He's calling me positive. I'm going to get mean. This questioner said, Kalish, you say just love them. But you know what this kid is? So questioner, I want to tell you no more than just love them. I want to add to the past. Respect them. Respect them. I want to say like this. A family has a difficult child who's energetic and difficult. Do you know what the most important thing you should do for the kid is? It matters how you look and not what you say to them. Now picture a parent who's having a murderous time with their daughter. She gets thrown out of school all the time. She causes chaos in the home, whatever she's doing. And we need techniques. And we can discuss a different night. Excuse There's me. certainly techniques. I'm coming right now. Certain saved her in the house for sure. But I want to say to the parents, the greatest thing you could do for this kid is to still see him as a goodie, your eyes, eye and tave, and not words, not words, really and profoundly see him as good. See it's tzaddik, but real. I want to give Aces how to do that. But practically see him good. Who is the greatest impactor in history? Avram Avinu. What was his midah, eye and tave, one of his three midahs, he had good eyesight. A Rebbe once called me, a summer Rebbe, I'm teaching a group of bums. How can I impact them? I said, Rebbe, you can't. Have a wonderful day. And that's the truth. Because if he sees them as bad, he can't have any impact. He can't. He can't. Now, he can see them as good. He's a wonderful person. He has to change his eyesight. Rev Hirsch says that the bedrock of Chinuch is to respect. Somebody you respect, you can impact. 
The Rambam in Hilchus Talmud Torah Parakei says the Rebbe's mechoyesu mechabed is talmidim. It doesn't mean what you tell him. And I beg parents, specifically your hardest kid, he becomes what you see. If mama looks at him, she's scared of him. She's nervous about him. She looks at him as a wild guy. It brings out, he feels what she sees. Rabbi Kalish, I want to pause you for one second, Rabbi Kalish, because yeah. the next question, I, I want to build on it. The next question I had was coming up. I feel that my child is disgusting. The way she looks, her attitude, the Chil Shabbos, the hard time, the hard time being in the same room with her, much less making eye contact with her when she acts up. At the end of the day, I think my feelings I have are justified. If you would see her, Rabbi Kalish, you would understand. What could I do to change this? What am I doing wrong? Continue. I would say to such a parent that first, first, first job is to feel good about yourself. First job, before you even worry about your daughter, is take better care of yourself. Maybe you need more breaks. Maybe you need to value yourself, step one. Step two is see good in your daughter. I promise she's incredible. A yid is special. It, a yid is special. It's not called an ayin sadik. It's called ayin taiv. We impact, the biggest impact we have on another person is what we see. Ayin taiv. The first Talmud, Rabbi Yechonim and Zakai taught us. See good in that daughter. I promise you, we can meet her and be dazzled. I want to give a trick. I would like to give a trick. Learn from the Yetzirah. The Yetzirah could be our best friend. It says that the Yetzirah bumps into you and Pagabam and Mubazem Medrash. All of us judge superficially. We see somebody dressed a certain way, we judge them. We're gonna, there's a Japanese type of martial arts that you use your opponent's strength against your opponent. Avi Per, listen to this plan. I'm going to learn a little martial arts with the guys. You ready for Akiva Balsam? We're going to do some MMA. The Sahara gets us that superficial things cause us to judge somebody negatively. Watch what we're going to do, Hefra. I am a terrible dresser. All my kids are good dressers. They dress mamish nice suits. I just, I'm embarrassed. I just started wearing a suit on Shabbos, Lekavit Shabbos Kodesh. My sons impacted me. Big day Shabbos. So I'm trying to, I bought a suit. I'm dressing a little better. My kids taught me to dress nicer, but I have a tough time. I'm always getting a lot of dandruff. They're like, but I'm always helping. The dandruff looks like it snowed in the winter. But now I can't even pretend I'm always getting dandruff. I don't wear a tie because there's another beggar that gets ruined. And dressing is not my, it's not my wife's fault. My wife's neat and any like thing that's okay is she worked up, she took care of, but dressing is not my strength. When I see a bachar who's dressed nice, I respect them for that. When I see a bachar who has a nice head of hair, I'm not doing so well up here, not at all. And I see a bachar who has a nice head of hair, I'm dazzled by him. Now you ask, what did he do? What did he do? Is that a thing to be impressed by? The answer is once you're enamored by somebody, you then see incredible things. Start, uh, I'm going to explain the Chaybis HaVavas. The Chaybis HaVavas says that there was a Chassid who impacted his whole dirt. 
He said, what was my power to be an Adain? I assume an Adain, he means that he impacted. Had I impacted a generation, he said, I never met one person that I didn't look up to in some way. Had he look up, one guy was rich, one guy was a good ball player. I asked you, Akasha, why is that good? The guy is rich. Why is that good? The guy is strong. Is, is that a mile? The answer is that once you're enamored, this lady, I bet you that girl, she might be an excellent skier. I don't know. She might be a, a tremendous, tremendous Machanayim player. He should watch his do- her daughter. She should watch her daughter play Machanayim. If her daughter's a good dresser, whatever she does well, he should learn, find those things and get impressed. We're all good at that. One person's enamored by wealth. It's good that we get impressed with the rich guy. Do you know we end up saying good things about the rich guy because what, there is amazing things. The rich guy isn't awesome, Balmedus. But since we're impressed that he's rich, so we're then already take down the barriers and we use the Sahara against him. So when I say the trick to be enamored by any child of ours, if your kid's a good dresser, be impressed. Now, I don't know your quirks. I know my quirks. Somebody has a nice head of hair, I'm in. Somebody's a good ball player, forget about it. Now, I promise you that once you see my list, once you're impressed, you will find endless good. And you'll find things that are wildly impressive. That's what you'll find. The reason a father is supposed to teach his son is because fathers see amazing things about their kids. I always dive into Hashem that another person, my son's Rebbe is here. And my, my son's Rebbe has impacted my son a lot. He's taught him a lot of Torah this year. And I'm thankful right next is a Rebbe extraordinaire who should, he could be taught we share the same Rebbeian. And he should be giving this class as much as it. But I want to say that, that I always daven to Hashem. That's true, I see goodness in my children. But I always pray, I ask Hashem, their rebellion should see goodness in them. Because I know they'll be impacted more by their rebellion when the rebellion see goodness. Utilize, learn from the Sahara. Pick superficial things. And you'll be turning Mamish, it's Japanese MMA. You turn his own kayak against him from superficial things. You'll be enamored, you'll be impressed with somebody. And then you'll see many mindless. And you'll see things you can't believe. Like deep, real things. It's a, it's a trick. It works. Somebody said, I can't even pronounce the word. Somebody text if you want to see what it's called, this type of karate. Jitsitsu, I can't say it. I don't know Japanese. Well. But it's a good type of karate, and against the Yitzhara, it works. So take the, the strength of, of the, the fact that we fall for superficial things, fall for it, be impressed, and then you'll see tremendous smiles. And then you'll impact. I would say to that lady with the daughter, who said, I just can't see good things, is first find good things in yourself. Hold of yourself for less. Maybe you need more breaks. Maybe you just need to know about your own goodness. Because if you don't feel good about yourself, it's hard to see good in others. But if we have feel good about ourselves, I would tell the lady, step one is take good care of yourself. Go take breaks, go on walks, 
find good outlets, take good care of yourself, and know that you're precious. Okay, we have so many more questions. I want to I want to try to cover a bunch more. Uh, I'm talking to Ravash is not. I apologize. Let's go. No, 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 no. Okay, you're on. Hey. Um, so I'm really struggling with with this right now, and I've done everything you say. I see the good. I love them like pretty much to death. I'm a single, I'm a newly single mom. My husband wasn't from for the last nine years. And now when we were married, I was kind of able to, it was a lot easier because it was working together as a team. Now that I'm single, all of a sudden the fights are, the struggles are much stronger. And the kids, you know, they're bigger, they're 15, 14. You know, Sneha's, um, we're talking public school, like everything becomes a struggle. And it's like, how do we not lose? How do I have a confidence? You know, they're, they're only by me half the time. It's, I'm really struggling with that confidence of how to be the mother, put down the, you know, the rules. And, and I don't know, I finally, I feel like they're slipping through my fingers. And it's, it's really a pahad. Wow, 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 wow. First, I, I, I stand humbled to you. The Rabbanu Shalom sends challenges. Hashem should give you payach to see nachas from your children, to have simchas, to have pashas, good things, good mazel, and good brach and mazel in your life. And I stand humbled. Somebody has misyonis. Big people get challenged by Hashem. And you should pack. Hashem should give you the payach to be oimid bin Asayan. I want to say a few points to, to you that First of all, you've, if you've done all these things we're discussing, keep at it, keep at it, it works. I had mothers who tell me, I tried and it didn't work. I spoke to him two hours from 10 to 12. I didn't even come to the Sunday night program of Coach Menachem, Reb Menachem, Reb Aaron Nayak's program. I missed it. I was talking to my son for two hours. It didn't work. I say, what happened? What happened? Say, he didn't come to Shachas the next morning. So I want to say that we're talking long term, and it's hard. A parent says, how do you know? Are you going to give me my money back if it doesn't work? It's very dangerous. Us sports fans know that the 76ers said for years, trust the process, and there was no process, and they still haven't won many years later. So you might say, like, Kalish, guarantee it. I beg you, I beg you, interview thousands, ask people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. Ultimately, a close connection will work. And I want to ask you to keep at it. Keep a close connection. I would say a few things to you. You describe that by you it's from, and they're going elsewhere where it's not. That's very tricky. I would say be very careful with the honor of their father. That's important. And it looks, it, it's a very difficult challenge. Be careful with his honor. And I would say that you are me, this Tyrus. You're true to the Tyrus. Have a positive, nice home. A positive positivity. Even, of course, as a structure, don't worry. Kids see a structure is not against positivity. I want to say that you're blessed, that you have to have a beautiful home. It must be because we want our kids to be from. So I say to you, a positive, keep at the relation, a lot of conversation, a lot of honest conversation, a lot of room for expression. Don't feel the need to get them from right now. 
They're close to you, they'll be from. I'd say the relationship, continue to be mechazek, don't feel the need to get them from. Your dream and aspirations have from kids, all of us. I'm going to share a little. Do you like baseball? I, I, she's muted now. I'm a sports fanatic, so I'm going to talk from baseball. I, I think that the guys are playing baseball tomorrow. They're playing softball tomorrow. And I want to tell you a trick in hitting a baseball. Your instinct is to grip the bat very tight because you want to hit a home run. And if you're competitive like me, so you take that bat and you squeeze. Do you know you're supposed to hold the bat loosely? Ironically, it goes better. You swing hard, but hold it loosely. Any baseball fan has seen many players throw the bat into the crowd. Not often. David Winfield did it often. But players, they can't hold the bat tight. They don't hold it tight. It goes better when you hold a little loosely. It's the art of baseball, even though you want to hit it so badly, you have to stay back also. If you're overly aggressive, you'll swing and miss a lot. They'll throw an off-speed pitch. They'll trick you. Stay back. And even though you want it, hold it soft. We want our kids to be from and sadikim so badly, we sometimes can be guilty of being overly aggressive. So I say, especially in this scenario, I'd say trust that they're close to you. You are Sadekas and from, and if they're close to you, good things will happen. So I say keep a close relationship. Keep a comfortable, positive, structured home. We don't need to compete with somebody by showing less structure. Kids know structure is good. They intuitively know it, but positive. I would say to try to keep, and a parent decides, a man, if you keep, they fight, kids fight. They're sometimes levitic. Keep positive. Make it a positive home. Their association with from and with a mama will be great. You'll have beautiful from children. You should be zaycha, your children. Should be erlich, achash, b'nei taira, and special children, every single one of them. Hey, Rabbi Kiddush, we're going we're to take, do one more live and have like two more questions. We're going to try to, it's a little bit over time, but I really want to cover. There's so much to cover. Let's go to the next live question, okay? Okay, you're on. Hello. Uh, a little louder. Yes. Okay, we hear you. Can you talk? Okay. I'll read the question because I can't hear. Pull back up. Rakesh, this is her question. Mm-hmm. What kind of guidance could Rabbi Kalish give when a daughter is walking around the house barely dressed, not a little underdressed, but very exposed, like tank top, shorts, and half skirts, etc.? I would say, again, for, for, for fear of sounding repetitive, I would say a lot of the dress of our society is people who don't respect themselves. A lot of people who reveal a lot don't have self-respect and the attempt of, the attempt of, taking, of taking off a lot of clothing is a sign. They're pressing the call button on an elevator. 
I would say don't scream into the elevator, stop playing with the elevator if they press the call button. If a girl is pressing very matzniyos, I think one thing, again, there are a lot of variables. If a parent should ask and should tell the child, please dress better, there are cases to do that. And we could talk privately if there should be such insistence. And it's possible that the parent should say, please dress in the house better. It's possible. Again, it's case by case. But I want to say we're not talking, if somebody has a cold, that's a discussion, should you wipe your kid's nose? But I want to hear, heal the root of the problem. And I say that a lot of respect to that daughter. But respect, not pretend. I'm not a pretend person. I don't mean respect that you have some like fake and you're just saying, oh, you're wonderful, you're amazing. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about serious inner work that we see her mileage. I have found when people are respected, they start covering up. It says, the Gemara says that, Kari Lumani Mechadusa, I called my clothing my covered. The nature is when people feel respected, they tend to cover up. So I would very much advise that if our daughter's not dressing Sneos, she's pressing the call button. And I would advise covered. Now, I don't mean superficial respect and pretend. I'm talking about the much harder effort of really finding her mindless and being enamored by her. And I mean it real. And I know it's hard. And I know it's embarrassing that she's around the house dressed like that and people come by. I know it's difficult how my other kids perceive it. And it makes me feel like not a good parent. So first of all, you should know your kid's struggle doesn't make you not a good parent. You won't be capable of giving covet if you're hurt so. So a kid's struggle has no shaykhs. Great gedolim and ge'inim had kid that struggled. Your kid's struggle means your kid's struggling. It means he has choice and he's having a struggle. That doesn't speak about a bad parent. And I say to the parents that give covet. If a kid is not dressing a lot, the shayrish thing is covered. People who are respected then cover up. Now, again, is there a place to ask her not to dress? That's a subject very specific. But in general, I apologize to be repetitious. Maybe I just don't know so much. And covet is a big, giving covet is a big area in chenuch. Give respect. But not give it. Give it sounds like it's a trick. Respect. Respect. Real. You, I sound so liberal. I'm telling a mother to respect her son. Like, Kalish, you're like newfangled, new age. It's not that. It's as old as the Torah. The Rambam says, of course, the child has to respect the parent, but when we have a person who has covered, can give covered. And I say, your girl is not covering, needs covered. And I'd say, give a lot of respect, but real. That's hours of work, not the cheap kind. Not a pretend. Rabbi Kestenbaum Shlita, the great Balmusa, the Olam Amidus, wrote a safer running after the right covered. And I talk about real covered. Covered of, of really appreciate, find those milas, celebrate her for her milas. If you find the right ones, you'll change your life. If I could tell you a story, Hefer, I have a weird thing about me. I like animals a lot. Rabbi Kalish, you're muted. Unmute, Rabbi Kalish, unmute yourself.
Okay. I was maybe I shed a lot of tears. I was talking about my like of animals. I like, like animals. animals. So I have a weird quirk that I like animals. I have a little Syrian hamster that I feed daily. He's actually he's nocturnal. He's just getting up, believe it or not. I'm actually going to feed him in a few minutes. And my little Syrian hamster, on Pesach, we fed him matzah because his food is chametz. Now he's back, thankfully, to his chametz diet. My wife asked me over Pesach, we were away, are you thinking about him? Ashi, who does everything for, for myself, my family came and fed him matzah on Yom Tov. He ate the mamish a lot of matzah. You thank this, I like animals. There's a bacher in yeshiva. There's a bacher in yeshiva, a guy who's been through a lot in his life. He's been through a lot, a lot of challenges, difficult, difficult life. And he's a guy, yeshiva. We have a rabbit, all the guys know him. If you know Durham, you know our rabbit. You never saw such a rabbit this size in your life. He's a huge gavra. He lives on by us for a couple of years, a big, big rabbit who lives on our campus. It's, I don't know how he got so heavy and big. I think the Bachram work out a lot. Human beings are mashpi on their environment. He's like, the guys would call it chiseled. What would you call it that, the, that he's so strong? The rabbit is, there's a name. What do the guys call him again? Buffed. Thank you, thank you. This rabbit is buffed. He's stark and big. Very strong guy. The bottom line is this rabbit lives on the campus. Every Shabbos, my wife and I are there, the Bachram are there, we're there for Shabbos. My son tries to locate the rabbit every Shabbos and handles with the rabbit a little bit. Very Gishmaka rabbit. Lemay said one morning, early in the morning, something was on my mind and I was walking in a weird place on the campus just to think a little bit. And I bump into a Bachar who you pass by. I bump into the guy and he has cut up apples in his hand and he's feeding the rabbit apples in his, he's feeding the rabbit in his mouth at pieces of apple. I said, what are you doing? He said, I feed him all the time. He said, I used to feed him carrots, but I discovered he likes apples better. And he puts piece by piece in his mouth. It could be that's why he's so heavy. It could be it's this buck or this beautiful person's cause. I lost my mind. He's my Rebbe now. When I walk into the dining room, there could be 200 guys there. I just look for this buffer. I got him the picture. Somebody gave me a present, the picture of Ari Levine feeding the cat, and I got it for the buffer. Privately, he's too private. You can't even give it publicly. I gave it to him privately, the picture of Ari Levine feeding the cat. What a holy person. I promise your daughter, she might not dress like this, you can find her doing great acts. This bacher, did I feed the rabbit every day? Do you? This bacher passed by the rabbit and it's so sensitive, but he feeds him apples, not carrots, because he likes apples better. I asked him, why don't you drop the apple? No, I want to put it in his mouth. I said, does he ever bite your fingers? He said, it doesn't hurt. I want to feed him. Racham of Your cares about every creature. This guy's godly. I go to the dining room. I look where he's sitting and go, he's my first guy. He feeds a rabbit every day. The rabbit's after. It might be his credit. So I want to say to a man, the fine good people have wonderful things. See, Milas, learn to find Milas. We have a, a Shkofa Shiloh. 
when I have a shkafic belief that's contrary to a godal opinion, do I have to be mevatel my das, or can I stick to my guns, while of course still be respectful of that godal? Does it make me not be curious if I think a godless perspective is totally off? I'm going to rephrase. This is like, wow, this is like, wow. G'daylem, <laughs> where we, Klai Yisrael Zoychet to G'daylem, and we have tremendous, tremendous, we're kafos to G'daylem, and listen to G'daylem. I'm going to rephrase the question, and I'm going to say and beg people, in the chinuch of your kids, you know best. And I beg everybody, ask anybody you want anything, but you know best. From good midnight! From good midnight! One of the saddest stories I ever witnessed. One of the saddest stories. Mama, child, Dan Kalish sitting in a room. The child opens up for the first time probably in his life to his mother. He says, my ninth grade... You were worried about my phone and the filter. Ma, I was craving a hug from you. I was craving a hug. I was craving you to kiss me. And you were busy. You were, you were punishing this. I was craving a kiss, said the 12th grader to his mother. He started crying. I was craving a kiss from you. I was waiting for a hug. I was lying in my bed wondering when you're going to come and kiss me. And you were always handling about whether my phone had enough protection on it. I needed you. I needed you so badly, Ma. And I know I was scary and bad and off. I needed a kiss from you. The boy was crying. Mama started crying. I saw this with my eyes. I started crying third, I admit it. The boy cried first. Mama started crying and said to the son, I wanted to kiss you, but a professional was telling me that you have to this, this, and this, and I left my motherly instinct. She started crying. And then I cried, because we have a mama and a tata and a tata and a mama. And you know that we have G'daylin, who know everything and anything. And G'daylin tell us, be a father and be a mother. They plead with us and beg with us. And if us Kitanim understand or not, we have to understand. A mama loves her son and a tata. The schools are wonderful. Rebellion are great. And, but we get one mom and one tata. need mom and dad. And I beg dad and mom to understand that you have the answers for your son. Ask and be shayel is wonderful and use gedolim and ask the gadol to daven and run by eitzes. You know your son and the son was given to you. We don't all bring our children to Reb Chaim. We all bring our children and drop them there. No. Rabbi Shalom gave me the child. Rabbi Shalom gave you the child. Then raise your child. Ask Reb Chaim, go to Reb Chaim, get brach to Reb Chaim. His words, the gadol were al pivanu chayim. We need gedolim. Mekayim banu chachmeyeder. We need gedolim. We value gedolim. Dad and mom, please trust your instincts. I think this lady who, who's asking this question, or man, mom or tata, she's not asking. We listen to gedolim for everything. If she's saying. Does mom and dad give him the chachma for the child? The answer is yes. Mom and dad. 
You can ask people in here, trust the top to instincts, be a dad. But with good midas, if we don't have good midas, we can't access our chachma. If it's cast and all different, just not samech b'chelkai, then we won't access our chachma. But then you only helps going to gdolim to yell at you to be happier with yourself. So go to the gadol and say, I'm a negative guy, so I don't look good at my kids. Could you yell at me for being negative? The gadol will give you aces how to like yourself more. Wow. Yes, Rabbi say we have the chachma, raise your children. Let's have one more question. We're going to end with this question. It's a bunch of questions. We're putting it together. And then we'll go to closing. My son comes home and tells me that he's been exper- experimenting with drugs, being physical with girls. How do I control my initial gut reaction or shock when I feel so overwhelmed by what he's saying to me? And how do I balance being open and accepting so that he continues to share and also act like a parent who disapproves of this behavior at the same time? It's a very strong question. It could go in many ways. The hour is late. If I can make one point, I hope Avi Per is masking to me. We haven't discussed it of late. But if I can make a point, again, that question has many places to go with it. There are pratim involved there. I want to say a cloud that I think is important. Marijuana is being made legal in many places. In New Jersey, it's been already. New York's short in coming. And people are very afraid, as they should be. Any slight behavior is not good. When somebody says, my kid has a drug problem, which this question asks, my kid has a drug problem, I don't think there's such a thing as a drug problem. If it's a drug problem, it's great. It's not your kid's problem. It's a drug problem. Destroy drugs. Drugs is not the problem. There's something of pain and something in your son that's making him have a certain relationship to drugs. Drugs is horrible. Any flight behavior is not good, and they're all different flight behaviors. I think it's important not to so much focus on where he's running, but why he's running. And I think it distracts. It's interesting. Chaim Shlomo, if you're masking to, when we were growing up, the bad place was the pool table. Like the bad kid played pool. So let's say we burned all pool tables in the world. Maybe we'd be better off today. Don't get distracted by the pool table, the marijuana, the alcohol. Don't get the marijuana is horrible. All flight behavior is horrible. But don't get distracted where they're running. Focus why he's running. So when you say, a person says, my child has a drug problem. There's no such thing as a drug problem. A drug problem saying you're in good. Your child has no problem. Drugs have a problem. Drugs are an item that people run to. Why is he running? I think very important for parents to focus. Why is he running? Why is he numbing? What is he running from? You can get very, very distracted. Marijuana is horrible, as is drinking, and any flight behavior is not good. Why is somebody running away? What are they running from? But I think we get very distracted as parents. So the question became, my kid is running there. So I ask you, if ever you see a kid is running, what's he running from? And why is he running? Marijuana is flight behavior. Somebody's numbing something. When he says, I'm just chilling, I'm just, it's all, he's flight, he's running. And he's trying to numb something. What is he running from? We said early to really know our kid's story, we're at a bad place if we're out of touch with our kid. What's his journey? What's happening? What's he dealing with? Is there something in school? Is there something home? Is there, what's he dealing with? Get in touch with our kid's story. So that's what I just want to share with this question that has a lot to it.
Kalish, a good Shkayach coming on tonight, and being Mechazik. I want to let you know we we we, we covered a little bit. We did an episkaton, but uh, let me know which uh, which Sunday night works for you again because we got to do round two at least, maybe three, four, and five, but we'll see. So good Shkayach coming on being Mechazik. We had thousands of people here tonight. If everybody could see that we maxed out the Rabbi Kalish, so anybody didn't come on. I'm going to send out the video, and so many people are watching, two, three people, so literally there's thousands of people here tonight, and it's a gracious host. Again, tonight's show is being learned, Le'il Nishmas, Rebari Leber, Rechmiel, it's 40 to 9, the art side is tonight, should be a gracious host, and also it's Tzvi Aaron and Chaim Yaakov. And again, I just want to tell everybody, uh, this Thursday night we're doing a special series with Rabbi YY, uh for focusing on women and girls that are on the dating part show. Um, it's the final share of that series, and if anybody knows any girls or women that are dating, please come on Thursday night at 10 o'clock, same place and uh, the same Zoom number. It's going to be a very powerful shear. Next sun- Sunday, we have one of the Gedoylem, Shalom Kamenetsky, Yashiva of Philadelphia. We'll be discussing how to bring our marriages to the next level and how to achieve the Vekis Neshamas. It should be an amazing program. Looking forward. Please tell everybody to join. Again, everything tonight is recorded. It's going to be available tomorrow uh, at Menachem Berenfeld's website, menachemberenfeld.com. Any questions, please email at coachmenachem at gmail.com. Again, tonight is the 50th shear. And it's also going to be on the phone line. The number is 877-GROW if anybody wants to hear it. And again, I want to give a special thank you to Mrs. Friedlander for, again, for doing everything and putting it together. appreciate it. Tremendous hard work. And um, she actually just called me up. She says, why don't you have Rabbi Kalish on the shear? Well, the Waterbury moms want Rabbi Kalish. I said, I call Rabbi Kalish's number. He doesn't pick up the phone. It's not a real number. And then all of a sudden you called me. So uh, I guess she has your real phone number. I'd like to thank, again, all the advertising sponsors, the Liquid Scoop, Robin Yanis Chazak. Special thank you to Chayla Kaufman, Shmuel Summer, JCN. For always promoting us on all the Jewish platforms. Now we'll go for closing first, Coach Menachem, and then Rabbi Kalish. Right, Coach Menachem. Wow, wow, very, very powerful. The concepts really, really unbelievable. And like I always mention, uh, like to mention that it's a process. And I know people wanted to hear the one answer tonight that they, the button that they can press, and all the challenges will be gone. But uh, from here tonight, all the ideas. You know, mainly to the, the relationship and the relationship with yourself. Start accepting yourself so that you can give it to others. And uh, to take the practical things that we learned one step at a time. And that changes the dynamic, yourself, the family. And Hashem should help us. We should have a broch image and the work that we do. And it should go much faster. Even though we do small baby steps, but once we start, Hashem uh, sends all the ashpahs and things get easier. We should understand our kids, understand ourselves, and Mitzvahim Prizoika to the Geula Mitzvahim. Amen. To the Kalish for all the thousands of people that are going to hear this year, the people that have Baruch Hashem, great kids in Shiva, the people that have kids that are a little struggling, the people that are going through such hard struggles. Please leave us with, leave us with Divrei Chizuk. I want to again thank Rav Asher, Rav Menachem, Rav Aranayach. I thank Ashi Jeremiah for setting up all the, he's the best in the world at the technical details. I struggled turning on computers, pressing. He did all the work. So thank you, Ashi. I thank everybody for joining this late on a Sunday night. So thank you to everybody for joining. Thank you for the Hever and Durham that has to listen so much to me and loyal hearing and listening. But I want to just say towards Kabbalah Sato, we all have great aspirations for ourselves and our children. We have big we want to be on a list of aspirations, a very, very great aspirations. And I want to say to us all, Sameach Bechelkei.
celebrating who we are. It's sad new age. It's only as new as the Torah. Rejoicing with our own self, being happy with who we are and what we have is the only way we'll be a good parent and a good Rebbe, what we started with. We could speak, and we do speak a lot about Kavod, a revolution of respect. We speak a lot about relationship and time. If we're not very, very happy with Yiddishkeit, with our own connection, I want to say every Shabbos, I sit in a yeshiva, and I look at a couple of hundred people, 250, that's 300 people, and I desperately want them to have a special Shabbos. I want them to have a meaningful Shabbos. And I'm thinking, and I say, Dan Kalish, the only way you'll give off a meaningful Shabbos if you have a meaningful Shabbos. So you, Davin, so you sing Zmiris. You're not impacting the next If you're not flowing with the Simcha, so happy with what you're doing, happy who you are, then you're interacting. Is a place of good midas. You'll access Bachman all different ways to impact him. So I say to us all, we're headed to Kabbalah Satira. We have Hashem people here. We have a family from Florida who have a son, Benny, the Rainus Mishpacha, their son, glowing. We have very special people here from all over. I say to us all, Rabbi, I celebrate what we have. Celebrate what we have. Appreciate, be happy, be tzufridin, and then you'll have the power to have an ayin taiv. You'll be mechanech. We'll access the great chachma that we most certainly are given. All of us should have nachas. We should be zayichet to have tremendous nachas from each other, from our children, to have children, banim ubnei banim, children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren that are sincere, that are beautiful. This ever we look at the army of sincere people up at 1230, 1222 on a night, to set this, maybe this guy talking a lot will say something. So I say to us, all, all of us should be from our children to have a wife and children, a husband, children, beautiful families that are tremendously sincere servants of Hashem. We should be to have a tiredic, to be together as a precious people to greet Mashiach and Herav Yamin. Amen. Next on the night, same time, same place. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.